Hey guys, welcome to Creative Entrepreneur. Today we have a great guest for you. We're going to be talking about building a team and scaling your business. You don't want to miss this episode, so stay tuned. Coming to you from San Antonio, Texas. Welcome to the Creative Entrepreneur, a podcast created to help entrepreneurs build their business. Branding, marketing, analytics, positioning, and lead generation, plus interviews with other business owners to learn from their successes and failures. Now, here is your host, Abel Garza. Hey guys, welcome back to The Creative Entrepreneur. Today, we have a great guest for you. We have Paul Maskell. How are you doing today? Doing well, Abel. How are you? I'm doing outstanding. I'm great to have you on the show today because I want to talk about your expertise in team building and scaling your business. So why don't you start out by giving me some information as to who you are, what you do, and how you help your customers? Yeah, so I'm here in Raleigh, North Carolina. I live here with my wife, Angela. We got a three-year-old daughter. She keeps us busy. Uh, and I really, you know, focus on helping small business owners go through exactly what I went through and so they can get to where they really want to go. So, you know, the quick story on me is I left my corporate job, started my own business because that's what I always want to do. I want to be self-employed, want to be my own boss, didn't like the corporate world. Uh, and then before I knew it, I was working 60 to 80 hours a week. My business was running me. Uh, and, you know, I loved what I was doing every single minute. I loved the business. It was way better than sitting in a cubicle. But what I realized was if I got hit by a bus, and that was the question I asked myself, what happens to my business, to my family, yeah. you know, to my customers, my employees? What happens to everybody around me if I got hit by a bus? This business would go to zero really quickly. Um, Absolutely. You know, so, yeah. yeah. So really, you know, I was just like everybody else. I still am just like everybody else. But I was so scared to delegate. The business was my baby. Nobody could do it as well as I could. Uh, until I remembered back when I quit my job. So when I quit my job, everybody told me, you're crazy. What are you doing? This is, you know, that's the safest thing. That's silly that you're going to go start a business. That's risky. Uh, but to me, the worst case scenario was if it doesn't work, I can just go get another job. So it really wasn't that bad. Yeah. Uh, so when it came to building a team and delegating and, you know, really kind of duplicating myself, it was if I delegate this to somebody and it doesn't work, that task is just going to come back to me. And it's yeah. already with me anyway, so I might as well try it because I really yeah. don't have anything to lose. So yeah. that's what I really help business owners do on a day-to-day -day basis is, you know, figure out where they want to go and then help them put the systems, processes, and people in place to build a business that will allow them to do that. Absolutely. Well, you know, there's uh, I mean, you look at the way business works and there's just so many scenarios. There's so many different types of businesses. And I'm almost certain that everything is not just in a blueprint and it's it's all the same for every single business. How do you approach that? What is the first thing that you look for when you're trying to help a business understand how they can possibly scale and, uh, and build their business further? Yeah. So, I mean, really to me, what I realized after the fact was it really comes down to what is your vision? Why did you start your business in the first place? So for me, I realized I didn't really have a vision after I started my business. My big vision, once I set foot in that cubicle after a couple of weeks was I want to be my own boss. And once I quit my job after three and a half years, I had finally done that. I became my own boss. I was self-employed. I had my own business and I thought I had made it. And I thought that was it. That's, this is what we're going to do. And I'm just going to keep this business going. So, you know, what I realized was one, that's not sustainable Two, It's going to burn you out. Uh, but really once I figured out well, where do I really want to go and why did I start this business anyway, then that made it a lot easier to make those decisions, take out the emotion of, yes, it is my baby but maybe somebody else could do it if I could teach them. 
uh, you know, and kind of going through all those, yeah. those mindset issues that we have as business owners, because it is our baby. We did start it. We're vested more than anybody. But when you get really clear on your vision and know exactly where you want to go, then it's my belief that let's build a business that will enable you and empower you to go do that. Whatever it is you want to do in this world, travel, spend more time. With so, so question, friends. question whether or not you even want to scale is, a, is a really the question. I mean, some people are perfectly happy with just being a one man show. So if you want to scale, if you get to that point, and I run into this a lot, actually, with a lot of business owners, is that they are stagnant and they get to a point where they want to build their business, but they don't know how. They want to scale it, but they don't know how. You know, is it a matter of building a team? Is it a matter of marketing more? Is it a matter of building or even uh, outsourcing their work to allow them to focus more on building the business rather than the everyday uh, mundane stuff? Yeah. So, I mean, it really, so I usually just kind of do like a time audit with everybody. So if you if someone comes to me and says, I'm stuck, I can't scale my business. And then what, what is the reason that, and usually it's, I'm just too busy. I don't know where to start. I don't have enough time. I got all this. So, you know, really I'd start breaking it down based on, well, where are you spending your time? And there's probably things that you could outsource, delegate, automate to somebody else or something else for a lot cheaper than what your time's worth. Cause I find way too many business owners doing $10 an hour tasks that yeah. somebody else could do if they just train them. So we waste a lot of time that's what human beings do. So yep. there's a hundred, I tell everybody there's 168 hours in the week. If you sleep for eight hours a night, which is way more than any American does. But if you slept for eight hours a night, that's 56 hours. So you're awake 112 hours. So what do you do during that time? You're awake is going to determine your success. And a lot of times we're just doing things that either we shouldn't be doing all together because we as business owners don't have a boss to hold us accountable. So we'll chase, chase the bright, shiny object. Uh, or we're doing things that somebody else could do, whether it's responding to emails, answering the phone, you know, whatever service you're in, whatever product you're selling, there's plenty of tasks that you're doing. Just because you can do it doesn't mean you should do it. So that's usually where I start is just really auditing. How are you mm -hmm. spending your time right now? So we here at Graybug Photography, that's our business here. Uh, when it comes down to editing photos, there's always that possibility of outsourcing that stuff out. So, you know, if we do five or 600 headshots, it's much faster really to have a 10 person team in India or Vietnam or wherever we decide to send our uh, photos to, to do it and then focus on getting additional jobs in, in addition to that. So that's great that you, you're able to identify those key areas, particularly those that are $10 an hour type jobs. You know, when you're looking to build a team, do you include your team? Do you include team members as, as people that are outsourced? Yeah. So, I mean, really that's, I, I don't have one way or another. That's really what kind of business do you want to build? And to your point, you know, if you're in the photography business and you have 10 great VAs that work in the Philippines or Vietnam, you don't need to make them employees, you know, when you can get just as good a work quicker, better, cheaper, fast, all those things, instead of bringing somebody in-house that you might have to pay 10, 15, $20 an hour. Uh, you know, when you can find those great VAs who are, you know, definitely less uh, expensive, that just enables you to trade more time to them. So then you can go do more things. So if you're in photography, your biggest moneymaker is probably when you are taking pictures and not editing them, not returning phone calls, not doing emails, not doing scheduling. If all you had to do is show up and take pictures, you would probably make 
several hundred dollars per hour at least, mm -hmm. uh, which allows you to do that. So then you can figure out, well, what do I really want to do? What kind of team do I need? And maybe if you always want to take pictures, that's okay. So, you know, what I really tell everybody, whatever business you're in, you need to be reinvesting into some sort of asset. That asset can be humans. That's a big, you know, building a team. It could be systems. It could be some piece of technology that you're investing, or it could be something totally else. So if you're making several hundred dollars an hour taking pictures and you don't want to really build a team and you have some VAs, then I just encourage everybody to take that excess earnings and reinvest it into some other asset. It could be real estate. It could be other businesses. It could be something that will then kind of build your wealth and build that nest egg and build kind of that, that security blanket. If something did happen to you, because if you get hit by a bus and you can't take pictures and you're the business, you're going to need something there to you know, help you get through that. So that's really what I encourage you. It really depends on where people want to go. As long as you're reinvesting into something, if you follow kind of Robert Kiyosaki's cash flow quadrant, if you're on the E or the S side, there's nothing wrong with that being employee or self-employed, but you also want to be putting some of your money into the business owner, the investor side yeah, as well that makes so perfect that you build sense. wealth. Do you look at the financials? Do you look at the financial benefit or do you strictly look at the, the benefit of hiring that individual? Does that make sense? Like, yeah. So I mean, it really, yeah. Yeah. So I mean, it, do, it has to make sense financially. Um, but at the same time, you have to be willing to invest in somebody and not look for an immediate return. So I recommend everybody, if you can afford at least six months of whatever their salary, whatever their pay is going to be, mm -hmm. do it because it, that basically buys you six months to get them up to speed, which you'll do it a lot quicker because that's going to improve your efficiency. It's going to increase your capacity. So I do look at the financials of it. Uh, the other part of that, uh, which a lot of people don't look at, is the personal financial side. I, I see way too many business owners that are just taking too much money out of their business, and then they can invest in something. They say, well, I, you know, I, my, I just don't know what to do. I'm all maxed out. Well, you know, you've got $10,000 a month in personal expenses going out that you could probably cut in half, and then you could take that five grand extra invested in people to then build your wealth, kind of that short-term sacrifice for the long-term gain. Wow. That's something that uh, I think a lot of people don't even think about because it's all about, you know, what happens is, especially like in sales, you know, you make a lot of money one month and then the next month it's slow and then you're, you're you know, it, it, it fluctuates so much. So the vicissitudes of your cash flow uh, can really be hindered by your spending. And so, you know, being able to reinvest that money uh, or at least keep a, a good amount of money uh, on the side so that you can build your business is great advice. Uh, what are some of the challenges that you find many of the companies you, you work with face? Yeah. So, I mean, usually, I mean, first I see if they're, if they have a, you know, a viable product, viable service. Okay. You're a photographer. That's viable because there's hundreds of them out there. I know you can do this if you're good at it. I can't help you become a better photographer, uh, <laughs> but I can help you run a better business. So, you know, usually the biggest problem they face is really the mindset of, hey, I can delegate. Um, they'll give me every single excuse in the book of why they can't. They don't have money. They don't have this. But really, it's just a mindset thing uh, that they really kind of need to get over. And it usually goes back to, well, what is your vision? You know, a photographer would be just like me. It was like, hey. I want to do this full time and then you do it full time and then you realize it starts to consume you. So uh, I would say that's number one. And then number two, you know, right behind it would be knowing your numbers. We make too many decisions based on emotion and not numbers. Numbers allow us to take that emotion out of it. So when the numbers are telling you, hey, this is the right decision or this is the wrong decision, listen to that. 
too many business owners say, I think this will work, or I feel this is the right way to go. Well, what did the numbers say? So not just knowing your P&L and, you know, and your balance sheet and all that, but also knowing what are the key performance indicators in your business? You know, if you need to make $10,000 a month, how many clients is that? Okay. So you need to have 20 clients at $500 each or whatever it is. Okay. Well, if you need 20 clients, how many inquiries do you need to have? You know, what is your kind of conversion rate? And then it makes it a lot easier to determine what do I need to do on a daily basis to hit that number? Well, I need to go talk to more people or I need to work on my website or I need to get more people from my website onto my email list, whatever it is. Uh, it makes it a lot easier when you know your numbers because then you're not really guessing. The numbers are telling you what is working, what's not. That's interesting that you say that because a lot of people don't think about that. And, and it also includes the projects that you're working. So if you're doing headshots, you're doing weddings, or you're doing other types of photography, and this I'm using photography as an example, uh, then you can identify whether or not that's even a viable option. You know, if you're if you're spending $2,000 to do this wedding because you're hiring other people and you're, you know, not making as enough money or you're not making as much money as you would doing headshots, then the numbers will tell you whether or not you should go that direction. And I think a lot of people don't look at that. I think they find it is like, okay, we made, we made two or $3,000 on a wedding, but they didn't look at the part where they spent $1,500 or $2,000 to get that job, you know, either whether it was advertising or equipment rentals or other photographers and videographers, whatever the case may be. I think that is a big issue. And when you bring that up, is that, is that like, uh, is that part of the accounting process? Or is that, or is that just the, um, the process that you have in place where you just do an overall audit, so to speak of the business before they even start to delve into scaling? Yeah. So, I mean, you're spot on. So knowing, you know, your gross profit margin, which is basically the revenue minus cost of goods sold or cost of goods delivered. If you're charging four grand for a wedding, but you got to spend $3,000 in, you know, contractors or subcontractors that help you shoot this wedding. And then you've got to, you know, so, okay, we made a thousand dollars out of $4,000. That's a 25% gross profit. It's not really great uh, in the service-based world, but the other thing that probably most people or all people don't account for is how much time does it take you to then make that thousand dollars? So you're at the wedding all day because you've got to kind of babysit this and then you got to babysit the brides and then you got to do all the edits that they're asking for. And then you mm -hmm. got to deal with the mother-in-law and then, you know, aunt Judy wants this. So all of a sudden you look at it and you're making like $5 an hour, even though it was a $4,000 job. Whereas, Hey, maybe you go do, you know, some personal branding photos, it takes you an hour and you charge 500 bucks. Uh, and those people are a little bit easier to work with because they're business owners, whatever the business model is that you go for. Uh, photographers are no different than other business. We say yes to everything because we know we can do it, but should you be doing that? Uh, <laughs> and what I find is when you niche down and you just become the personal branding expert, you can charge a lot more. You deal with your ideal customer and then you don't have to worry about the family portraits or doing the birthday parties or doing the weddings. Because, hey, this is what I'm an expert in. And then it attracts your ideal customer and repels everybody else instead of being like, oh, yeah, I can do that. And then you're just chasing your tail. You don't have the right thing. The customer's a pain. So I, I see that every day. And when we can break it down to the numbers, the business owners are usually like, oh, okay, well, then let's stop doing weddings. <laughs> yeah. So what niche are you working with right now? What type of businesses are you working with? So I really focus on any service-based business that provides, usually I would say 95% of my clients 
they are providing a service to their local community. So photographers, accountants, I'm a partner in a landscaping business, marketing companies, anybody that's really good at a service, they're serving their local market. Mm -hmm. uh, they're building a brand, they're doing all those things. Uh, and they just need help, you know, really scaling their business. They need accountability because they don't have a boss. And we don't have a boss. It's very easy to make excuses uh, in our head of why we're not going to do something. So that's really who I love working with someone who provides a really great service. And they just need help figuring out all the back end business stuff that they didn't sign up for. And what do you find are the, the most challenging for them? Yeah, so I would say the most challenging, you know, kind of going back to what we talked about, one is the numbers, but then two is kind of how do we handle all these operational things? Because when I started, I could do everything. My phone rang once a day. I could do a couple of emails. Yeah. I'd go take pictures. But then all of a sudden, they, you know, most business owners, and I was the same way, and still in the same way, we feel like we're on an island and we're the only one fighting these fires and fighting these battles. So we don't surround ourselves with other people that are doing the same thing. So we feel isolated. We feel like, you know, I don't know how to do this, but I should know how to do because I'm a business owner and I quit yeah. my job and I'm an entrepreneur and I can figure it out. Uh, so they start fighting those internal battles. And, you know, I tell everybody it's OK to ask for help. Usually they wait too long to ask for help until it's like a five alarm fire. Uh, but they've known something's been wrong all along. They just couldn't put their finger on it because they're so far into the business. So that's what I see is usually the biggest problem is I'm an expert in the service I provide, but I don't really know what I should be doing with my financials or how much I should be charging or what kind of system should I set up or all those things that start to consume us because as our business grows, that stuff grows. And then we find ourselves doing it after five o'clock before 9 a.m. Like then we got to go deliver the service. And then it's like, oh, gosh, I got to call people back. Uh, so really helping them streamline that and leverage their expertise. So after you consult with them and they've faced their fears and they've looked at their mindset and changed it, what do you find that is most successful? Like after you've done everything, how how do you see them being successful afterwards? You know, do, do they start growing in revenue? Do they start growing in, in assets? Uh, does their capital start growing? Uh, what is what is the 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 top thing that you would say starts growing as soon as you start helping them and they've changed their mindset as to well, I'm going to start building my business. Yeah. I mean, I would say every, like, to be honest, cause when we're business owners, it's such a huge part of our life. I mean, it impacts everything. You know, you're, you have the peace of mind. You can sleep at night knowing, Hey, this is a legitimate business. It's not keeping me up 24 seven. My phone's not ringing 24 seven. So really just that peace of mind and being able to enjoy life like that goes up exponentially. And then obviously revenue, starts to grow and all of a sudden they're comfortable hiring team members. They're comfortable charging more because they're a lot more confident in what they can do. They know they should be charging more, but they're always competing on price because, well, you know, Abel said he's going to do it for 50 bucks. I got to do it for 48. Mm -hmm. That's not a game to play when you really niche down and you really got your, you know, systems processes, people in place, then you can charge more because you know, you can deliver on. And I think that's part of it is we're not totally confident we can deliver on that because we got all these balls in the air and I feel like I'm scattered. So, I'm just going to kind of hang out here in the middle ground. But uh, when you raise your prices, someone told me it, it's, it's like going to ask the hottest person in high school out on a date. Well, nobody else is doing that. So when you get to that level, it's actually pretty easy because they're probably going to say yes, because it's like, oh, no one else even wants to do business with me. So mm -hmm. you can really set yourself apart from everybody else because you become the premier person charging more. You feel better. Your clients get better results, whatever it is, because they're getting what they paid for the 
the whole value perception. So, you know, it's really a whole thing, but I think at the end of the day, it's the peace of mind knowing, hey, my family's good, I'm good, I've got teammates involved, and I'm building this business with other people. And it makes a lot more fun. So you don't feel like you're just doing it all by yourself and fighting all these internal battles. Absolutely. I mean, that makes perfect sense. You think about it, you're doing all these things because you want to be happy. You want to be more independent and you don't want to be locked down into 15, 16 hour days when you can just outsource that stuff or, you know, you're, you're there to make money. Yes. But you don't need to get it to the point to where you're, missing out on so much because of it, you know, there's stress, there's health, and then there's all these other things that you got to think about. You want to scale your business, the more you do, the more you can outsource, the more volume you can create, the better your business overall. I can totally see that. It's great. Is there any kind of um, rules that you live by, something that you passed, you've passed on to your kids, or, or you would say that the um, – yeah, some some rules that you live by. Yeah, I mean, I would say the probably the biggest one is kind of followed me when I quit my job, when I started hiring. The worst case scenario is never as bad as we think it's going to be. So, you know, we all played in our mind, well, if this happens, you know, the weather, everything's, it's just going to be a dumpster fire. And it never happens that way because we as humans are pretty resilient. We figure it out. It's not the end of the world. So, you know, that's probably one thing. And then I think the other thing is you build a team and even just have customers is having the empathy. I think empathy is so huge. Uh, and a lot of times it's forgotten, especially when the markets are really good because anybody can stay busy. So it's like, I don't need to return that phone call. I'm already busy enough. I don't have time for it. So treating others the way you want to be treated. So really just over delivering on that customer experience, on the employee experience. So that way you do become the premier you know, organization. And I tell everybody that whatever service that you provide, you know, if you're in the creative space, especially if you're a photographer, there's millions of people out there. The service you provide is a commodity. How you deliver it is what's going to set you apart. So how do you show that you care? How do you, you know, go above and beyond? And it usually it doesn't cost any money, whether it's just picking up the phone and checking in or confirming an appointment or returning phone calls, uh, sending a thank you note, whatever it is, like, they're like, oh, that's pretty nice. No one's ever done that before. So, you know, I would say those are probably the, the two biggest ones is having the empathy, just following the golden rule. And the other one is, you know, the worst case scenario is never as bad as you think it's going to be. <laughs> well, that's, that's great advice, Ben. How can our listeners get a hold of you? Yeah. So I do have a podcast of my own. So obviously if they're listening to this, they have a podcast, they listen to podcasts. So my podcast is called the business owners freedom formula show. So we focus all about, you know, really achieving our ideal view of ultimate freedom and how do we build a business to do that? Uh, and then if anybody wanted to reach out to me directly, if you just go to paulmaskill.com slash mastermind. So I run a mastermind for uh, small business owners, like kind of just recapping everything that we talked about. Mm -hmm. Business ownership's a lonely world, but it doesn't have to be. So I'm really working with people to automate, scale their business while doing it with other business owners in the room. So each mastermind, the max is 10 people. So really, you know, diving deep, building those legit, strong relationships to help people to get to where they want to go. And, you know, it's all about having a mentor, having a plan and having accountability. If you have those three things in anything, in my opinion, with that clear vision, you can do whatever you want. So awesome. that's really what we focus on. So if you go to paulmaskill.com slash mastermind, learn more, fill out the application, and then uh, I'd reach out and we'll set up a time to chat. Awesome. Well, there you go, guys. Paul Maskell, it's a pleasure having you on the show. Uh, you're an inspiration to me and our listeners. I'm so happy to have had you on the show today. Thank you so much. Really enjoyed it. Awesome. Awesome. Thank you so much. There you go, guys. Uh, if you haven't subscribed, please subscribe. Go to thecreativeentrepreneur.net. And until next week, keep on keeping on.
Thank you for listening to The Creative Entrepreneur. Please click the show notes for additional information. Want to know more? Click on the subscribe button and follow us on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter by visiting us at tcepodcast.net.